the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hey, good morning. It is good to be home. When I was in college, I spent the summer on staff of a mission organization. And there was another member of the staff who had a real problem with me. Really, his problem. But, but here was the issue. He, uh, he said to me, he said, I see you up in front of all these kids, and, and you're wild, and you're silly, and you're loud. And then I see you in Bible study, or in conversations, and you're quiet, serious. Which one is the real you? Or is there even a real you? You're not authentic. And I thought, I'll show you authentic. Um, <laughs> I was uh, reminded of this fellow staff member and the duality that he observed in me that summer as I worked through this uh, well-known parable of the talents, because we might see a similar duality uh, in the master. Jesus told this parable just a day or two before the Last Supper and the crucifixion, uh, and and it comes within a series of understandably urgent teachings on being ready for his return. In this parable, the master has entrusted to three of his servants each extraordinary amounts of money, his own money. One talent was about equal to 20 years' wages of a single average worker. So in in today's dollars, that that works out somewhere in the ballpark of about $1 million for one talent. And so one servant gets five talents, one servant gets two talents, and one gets one talent, but still a large sum of money. And there's no real explanation of why uh, the stewards are given different amounts. It's just the way it is. And we see that uh, in our own lives too, don't we? Whether we're talking about finances or, or skills or opportunities or a host of other possibilities. Uh, all, though all things come of thee, O Lord, not all things are distributed evenly. Craig Smalley has often uh, quoted to me a, a, a club soccer coach of his who said, Gentlemen, when it comes to athletic ability, God's not fair. <laughs> and that's just, that's just the way it is. So how, uh, how do we approach this God who has distributed his wealth unevenly? For the two servants, the successful and productive servants, the master is warm and welcoming. But to the fearful servant, the slothful servant, the master is the very opposite. He is harsh, exacting, condemning. You might wonder which one is the true nature of the master. If the master was really warm and welcoming, might we not expect him to give the unproductive servant a little more time or perhaps some instruction? If he were really harsh, wouldn't he just take the profits of everyone and leave? Which one is the real master? In my own situation on the the mission staff, my response to uh, this fellow staff member was that the different situations called for different expressions of my personality. They're both the real me. 
he found that less than satisfying. And for the master, well, we can say that the differences in the servant's performance led to the different expressions of his personality. But if the master is so obsessed with performance that only the successful receive his kindness, that also is less than satisfying. So what can we take from this parable? Knowing that the master is God, and that our performance record before him is questionable. One thing uh, not to gloss over in an effort to get quickly and comfortably to grace uh, is that the way in which we manage whatever the Lord has given us is important to the Lord. Whether he seemed fit to give us five talents or one. Whether our bank accounts have lots of zeros or just a zero. Or whether we have a big family or a small one. Whether we have lots of friends or just a few. Whether we have lots of responsibilities or just a little. What we do with what the Lord has given us is important to him. Because he's not given us all that he has solely for our own comfort, but that we might return it to him, multiplied, and for his glory. Has the Lord given you a great house? Can you open it up so that many will be blessed in your home? Has the Lord allowed you to have a great income? You work to free up a larger percentage than most in order to bless others, to feed them or clothe them, or to support them in their work of the gospel. Has the Lord blessed you with a great talent or area of expertise? Are you an able singer or accountant or artist or runner or listener or carpenter? On and on. Is there a way that you can offer whatever the giftedness is that you have been given and offer that back to the Lord that He might use it to bless others and to bring glory to Himself? And the list of questions could go on and on, but the bottom line is that the way that we use the things that He has given, given to us matters to Him. Because He has given them to us for His own glory and not our own. And we get to enjoy the gifts along the way. That's the way giftedness works. But ultimately, the gifts are given to us that we might give them back to Him as good and faithful servants. And just as in the parable, upon the return of the Master, there will be an accounting. Now, many of us just gulped. And the ones who didn't probably should have, should have. We long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. For honest, we work much harder to get that affirmation from our peers than from the master. What a lovely home. What a great leader. What a smart executive. So good-looking. So together. 
mean, those are all great things. But if we check our hearts and we see that we're longing more for the affirmation of our peers, the chances are pretty good we haven't given the master's talents back to them. Because it is easy, friends. It is easy to create idols out of the good gifts the master has given to us. If the master returned today and he asked for an accounting of all that he has given to us, to you and to me, would we be more likely to hear the warm welcome, well done, good and faithful servant, or the more harsh condemnation of the wicked, slothful servant? I've moved from preaching to meddling. Maybe, maybe if we look at our stuff, our skill, maybe there would be a few among us who would have a shot. Maybe. But what if we remember that, our, that the money in the parable is a metaphor? And we look instead at our righteousness, our holiness. And our love of God and of our neighbors. What then? Will we get the warm and glad God or the strict, harsh judge? The truth is, according to his law, he's both. He is perfect love, and he is perfect justice. Both are totally authentic. Those who will be judged by the law of God will be found to have buried everything that is given. It's you and me. But there is one five-talent servant whose performance was perfect in every way. He has not lost anything that the Father has given to him. And those whom he received from the Father as fallen and sinful, he has returned back to the Father as redeemed and justified. There is one who came not to serve, but to not to be served, but to serve. And to do so for the love, the glory of the Father. Of course, he is Jesus Christ. He is the one who has earned the well done of the Father. Yet, friends, it is the central claim of Christianity that we, who rightly deserve the harsh word of the Master, have received instead the well done of the Son. Not because of our performance, but because of His. Not because of our talent, but because of His. Just a couple of days after telling this parable, Jesus would go to the cross, and on that cross, He would become for us the one Talent, slothful servant, fearful of the harsh judgment of the master that we might take his rightful title of the good and faithful five-talent servant and hear for ourselves, well done, good and faithful servant, on his merit. Jesus would take on the cross the justice of God so that we might receive the love of God. On the cross, the duality of the Father, the love and the justice meet for us. 
for you. So now it is finished, as Jesus said. The pressure is off. Do you know what that means? It means that the work of Jesus over you and for you is such that in Him you are the good and faithful servant. It means that the truth about you is that in Christ you are so full. You're so satisfied with the Father. You're so affirmed, so set free that everything He's given you, whatever the talent represents in your life, is a grace which is freely and joyfully offered back to Him in multiples. You've heard us quote it before, but Gerard Fernay said that the, the, the journey of the Christian life is learning to live into what is already true about us in Christ. Because in Christ, you are the five-talent servant. You've received already His well-done, good and faithful servant. So friends, let's go. Let's love recklessly and give generously and serve tirelessly and sleep peacefully. And when we don't, the answer is to bury it. To remember that it is finished. To return again to that glorious gospel truth. That the well done is yours in Christ. Return again to the love of God given in Jesus. Sealed for you on the cross. Well done, good, faithful servant. Amen.